They were high school sweethearts that got married and had two kids. It's the Brunigs. In the swamp of D.C. they tweet all day, but that's okay. They're the Brunigs. She is a journalist. He is a wonk. Wonk, wonk, wonk. They talk about the news or whatever they want. In the fight for justice, they're on your side. You can't deny it's the Brunigs. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to our Low Effort, Low Quality Podcast. This is Liz Brunig. This is my husband, Matt. Hello. This is a special edition of the Brunigs uh, because we're going to be reviewing for you the latest Star Wars film, The Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Uh, Now, it's notable that Matt has never seen uh, any Star Wars, to my knowledge. No, not all the way through. You know, uh, sometimes it's on TV. I pick it up here and there. And of course, I live in this society, so uh, you know I pick up things. Mm-hmm. I know different things. Uh, you know, can you can you kind of give me a basic uh, plot line? Yeah, you know, you've got Jabba the Hutt. Okay, he's the main uh, protagonist of the series. Yep, he eats people. Okay, um, very big, very large gentleman. Um, some kind of slime type figure. Yeah, maybe like a um, slug kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, unclear how he gets in to the buildings that he's inside of. Yeah, he's in different buildings. Yeah. But the entrances are not large enough. So, yeah. the, the, you know, I've seen some pictures. I've seen some parts where he's in it. How did you get into that building? It's unexplained. The uh, plot hole, I guess you would call it. Yeah. Um, this sort of logistical questions. Um, there's, um, there's Darth Vader. Uh-huh. Um, you know, um, there's Luke Skywalker. Is there a relationship between those two figures? I guess Dar- Darth's his dad, yeah. 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 You know, that's a big deal for some people. Um, <laughs> there's uh, Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what her deal is. Okay. Um, twin sister, yeah. There's Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, big, big time. Yeah, yeah. Figure. He's one of the big ones along with Jabba the Hutt. Mm-hmm. Um there's uh Chewbacca who's Finnish. Okay, um, yeah, the guy who who was in the suit. Yeah, and the character. Oh, okay. Uh, so he's, he's a Finland. Finnish person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um and they're those like little teddy bear c- creatures. I think that's an Ewok. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, basically, I've seen the toys. I guess you would say. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so, so Matt is maybe a Star Wars originalist uh, here, who's familiar with uh, the the first three installments, four, five, and uh, six, uh, and uh, and also uh, familiar with Jar Jar Binks, who's from the prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, two, he's three. He's a big, big social phenomenon. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Ticket, our our favorite radio station from North Texas, had a lot of Jar Jar Binks jokes. People love Jar Jar. Um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, he was a controversial figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and so, you know, this this episode of, of Star Wars is, is from the sequels. 
Uh, so seven, eight, and nine, and this is nine, the last in the mm-hmm. in the trilogy. Well, this, um, the sequels, as I understand it, start with four. No, no, those are the original. Got, well, I guess they start with two. You oh, got so okay. oh, you got uh, episode one, and then episode two is is also sequel one. Okay, and then well, episode three is also uh, sequel two. At any rate, at any rate, and it just sort of goes on from there. At any rate, this this one that I saw yesterday is both the latest in history and also the last chronologically in the films. Mm. Uh, so, you know, no confusion there. There you go. It's all cleaned up. They finally put put it back together. You know? They sorted it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, I, I just want to give you a brief review here. Okay. Uh, Are these spoilers? Because I haven't seen it yet. Big and it's, spoilers. Oh, oh Huge uh, spoilers, guys. Huge spoilers. Uh, how am I going to go see it now? You were never going to go see it in yeah, any that's true. in any universe. So, um, big spoilers. If you guys haven't seen it and you intend to and you like to be surprised, uh, you know, tune out now. Uh, so we're now a pop culture podcast. We are, yeah, for for at least the time being. For the for the for the first one in the sequels for Episode Seven, uh, The Force Awakens. Everybody was like, "Oh, this is okay. It's kind of like a New Hope. You know, it's very similar to the original. Yeah, kind of yep. like an homage." Um, and then the se- the next one, The Last Jedi. Just to give a brief recap, everyone, you know, I think, uh, it, it was heavily politicized, so it was kind of like the Ghostbusteresses. You know, where oh, like it was, it was a woman. Movie. No, 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 no. But in the sense that it was similar, in the sense that if you are like a fan of certain political causes, you were like the Ghostbusters movie is great. Mm. But if you're not a fan of like liberal political causes, you were like that movie sucked, and there was oh. zero crossover. Who are the libs in Star Wars? So the libs thought that the Last Jedi was really good because it was a movie about how like women and people of color and like maybe even older women uh, are going to save the world while like brash young men are ruining everything. Okay. You know, and so it, it was kind of like a transparent rehash of the 2016 election where like on the good guys side, on the rebellion side, you have like an older woman who's like super placid and competent, but also like icy and and unyielding. And then you have like a hot headed, rash young man who's like, I'm going to figure this out uh-huh. and shoot for the moon okay. and, and like make it happen. And that's yeah. supposed to be Bernie and the Bernie bros. Oh yeah. And she's like, I hate you. I'm not telling you anything. I'm demoting you. Uh-huh. Uh, you should respect your elders and be more timid and decisive. Okay. And aim and lower. Who's this lady? Who elected this? this yeah, lady? yeah. Well, I mean, so what so happened to her? What happened to this? She and she she died in a suicide attack. Well, there you go. She did a she did a suicide attack. She did suicide. Um, I guess that is kind of like Clinton's campaign. Yeah, but for what? For what? Just just you know. Uh, narcissistic suicide. <laughs> so, um, so that so that one was like was heavily politicized. Uh, so I was curious how this film was going to follow up uh, the sort of political uh, valence of that film. Mm-hmm. In my in my view, uh, the Last Jedi sucked, um, but it didn't suck because there were like women and people of color characters. Um, it just sucked because it was like a bad and dumb movie. Okay. Um, and and so with this one, uh, it seemed like we were kind of get a backlash in the other direction. 
because they switched directors. So the first one was directed by J.J. Abrams. The second one by Ryan Johnson. This one was J.J. Abrams again. Oh, shit. And all the actors hated The Last Jedi, too. Okay. It was like a bad environment on set. You're allowed to, they, they just they just say that out right Well, out you know, open? stuff gets leaked. And, oh, okay. You know, anyway, so uh, the top line on this one is this movie hated the fact that it had to follow The Last Jedi and mm. spends a lot of its time just like shitting on The Last Jedi. Okay. So like they sh- they piss all over. Meta. Yeah, it is. So like they piss all over Holdo. Okay. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Fuck Holdo. Yeah. That's, that's what I say. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, uh, I was trying to distill as I went through it, the kind of political argument contained in this movie. Hmm. And I think it was trying very hard not to have one. Okay. It just wanted to be like a cool Star Wars movie. Yeah. It's like, not always about politics. Yeah. It just wanted to like thrill the fans. It's an action movie. You know, tie everything up. But here is the big reveal. Oh. It, it's accidentally trad. Oh, okay. It's like it's like a gender traditionalist movie. Oh, oh, well, oh that's um, not great. And like kind of traditionalist in a in like a in a specifically medieval way where it kind of like follows a medieval courtly romance. Uh-huh. Well, I had heard that Star Wars Plotline. had a pedophilia element to it. Did you? Yeah, right? With the boy and then the queen or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that, that. so that's a thing in this, and you know we can't judge their culture. No, we can. Um, we we can no. Well, but in their, you know. No, I think they're I think, not. Those are not necessarily even people. You know, they're maybe, aliens. Technically, maybe they're maybe it looks like a boy, but it's no, an adult no, in their society. No, um, no, that yeah, that oh. that's something really odd about the the prequels of Padme and Anakin. She like sees him when he's eight and is like. That's my man right there. Yeah, anyway. she did the, what's the, GG, what's that one? The GG, that model, who's like, they're gonna get it. Ew. Remember that one? Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. GG Hadid. I'm not into it. I know, uh, that's not good. Um, <laughs> but to give you a rundown on the, on the, the trad plot line, uh, the kind of medieval plot line hmm. of, uh, of the rise of Skywalker. All right. Uh, here it goes. First things first, you have to take Kylo Ren and Rey as as symbolic figures representing both good and evil and man and woman. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some Jordan Peterson shit. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so he's like always dressed in solid black and, and explicitly trying to do evil on mm. behalf of the dark side. Okay. She's always dressed in all white and is explicitly trying to do good on behalf of the light side. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, the movie opens with this man in relentless pursuit of this woman. Okay. And he, he is explicitly just, okay. out to destroy her virtue. He's like, I am going to find her and I am going to capture her and I am going to turn her to the dark side. Okay. So like this is uh, the rake, right? He's like, there's a virtuous woman. I'm going to get a hold of her and destroy her virtue and turn her on to evil things. Yeah. Right. Get so, her into witchcraft and well, stuff. Well, I mean, you know, there's like a sexual valence to it, right? Oh, okay. Uh, and the woman is just fleeing from him. So you can also like analogize this to like uh, dangerous liaisons. I thought right? she's supposed to be taking it to him. No, she's running. What's the deal? Uh, and I thought she's supposed to be, you know, unseating him, dethroning well, him. that's the thing. That's the thing. So, uh, Every time she gets away from him in an effort to subvert his evil plot, 
uh, she relies upon her like most feminine virtues. Okay. So like there's a part where she runs into this big sand serpent and it's about to like eat everyone. But instead of like fighting it with her cool laser sword, she notices that it has a wound and she gently heals it. Oh. And then in gratitude, yeah. it it goes away f- and leaves her alone. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, thank you. Uh, thank you for healing me and seeing my pain. Yeah, it's like those Snicker commercials. Yeah, you're not yourself when you're hungry. Yeah, uh, and that's then, great. They should have put a Snickers in there. And then uh, some product placement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's like another point where she's fighting with someone uh, who also happens to be a woman, like bounty hunter, drug dealer figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a she's she's got her on the ground and she could easily kill her. But instead, she's like, look, I don't want to do this. Let's Let's be friends. And the woman's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're okay. All right. And she like gives her her hand and helps her up and they're pals now. Oh, yeah. Um, so like she relies on these virtues of like healing and relationship building and kindness and gentleness and meekness um, to get by. Uh, and in fact, her whole mission is just to save her friends, right? Because she she loves her family, this newfound family she has. So she's the protectress of this family. Okay. Okay. So all that aside, this the man finally corners her, the mm-hmm. woman. All right. And it's just mano a mano. Oh, right? yeah. Get Ted those, Ted. Those lightsabers going. And there's lightsabers. And he, she's just defensively fighting. She's not trying to injure him. She's just trying to defend herself. He's mm-hmm. actually trying to um, injure her. Okay. And, you know, so you can look at that as she's just trying to fend him off. He's actually, uh, you know, uh, approaching or aggressing. And he, he like kind of lightly injures her. He's just trying to get her to drop her sword. So he like, he kind of like laser swords her hands and she's like, ow. Mm-hmm. And this is where the cracks begin in the facade. Oh, you can see that he has injured her and that it troubles him. Uh Oh, uh Oh, um, and I, there's like a quote I was thinking of, uh, that I think, let's see who said this. Uh, it's like Winston Churchill. No, it's someone, it, it was some Russian novelist. It's, it's perhaps Tolstoy or Dostoyevsky. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but one of them said nothing so, um, moves a man's spirit as a look of suffering in a woman's eyes. And so, like he be- he he begins to to that have some like some issues or doubts when he sees that he's actually hurt her, um, and he he gives her this speech where he says, "Look, me and you are actually you know the term they use is a force dyad, but he's like we're one, we're the same in the force, two who are actually one. Hmm. You can analogize this to like the biblical uh, one flesh." The man and woman become one flesh in marriage. Or the Trinity. Uh, no, can't analogize it to that. Totally different phenomenon. But it's three um, and one. Well, that's a different thing. Two and one. Uh, so he pursues her here uh, with this statement being made, you know, you're mine, essentially, uh, until she's nearly finished. But then his mother intervenes with him as the voice of his conscience. Ooh. So he has like this feminine intervention. The mother just in just in his head or yeah, the real mom? Yeah, she's in his head. Well, and she's his real mom. Um, but it's, you know, the, the, the divine mother, essentially. Okay. So you can analogize it to like the Virgin Mary or whatever. But the divine mother intervenes in his conscience and is like, 
be who you really are. So interestingly, she doesn't say become a new person. Mm. She says, you know, be who you really are. Uh, put a cast aside this evil alter ego you've taken on mm-hmm. and achieve, you know, your true self. Stop that is fucking around. That is like, get your shit together. Be a real man. Mm-hmm. Right. Be a real man instead of this like facsimile of a man. You're being this man without honor. Mm-hmm. Stop uh, this cosplay bullshit. Yeah. So he realizes he has not been a man. Mm-hmm. Not really. Uh, and and he has pursued this woman with the intent of doing her harm, causing her injury and death and implicating her in evil. Mm-hmm. And he sees that what he must actually do to truly be a man is to protect her. Okay. He must give his life to her and possibly for her, right? As Christ the bridegroom gives his life for the bride of the church. So anyway, during his this revelation where all of this is unfolding in his head, she stabs him. Oh, oh. Because she thinks he's going to kill her. She doesn't know he's having this mm. revelation. But then she can see that he has, you know, changed and she heals him. Hmm. She's got healing powers. She's got healing powers. In that sense, it's sort of irrelevant because no matter so what he did to her, she, he could just, she could just self-heal right, and so, she'd be good well, to go. Yeah, we'll get to that. But she heals him and she's like, you know, I just want you to be a real man. Be who you really are. Uh, you know, and then I and then you'll be worthy of me, essentially. Mm. So then she takes off. This is a common theme in medieval shit. Right? Right. This is a common. Like you have to be worthy of a virtuous woman. You can't be a rake. You have to be like an honorable knight. Creepy. Whatever. Anyway, she gets away. Uh, and, you know, a bunch of bullshit happens, whatever. Ancillary plot crap. Uh, and then finally she's entrapped by this character who's essentially Satan. Like this unnatural figure of pure Darth darkness Maul. and negation. No, it's not Darth Maul. He's, he's already dead. All he did look like the devil. I know. I've seen the um, masks. This guy is the Emperor Pal- Palpatine. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, so she is right on the verge of surrendering to this satanic temptation where he's like, um, essentially, it's very, very convoluted. This whole plot's very convoluted. Uh-huh. But suffice to say, Satan is like tempting her and she has said she's going to give in because she wants to protect her family. Uh huh. And, and then, then they have like a little duel. No. And then the man arrives. Now he's changed and he's a true man and a good man. And he, he comes to rescue her. So Satan realizes that there is this life generating bond between man and woman and he can pervert it for his own ends. Okay. And so he's like, oh, you guys are a force dyad. Uh, you have this this bond. I am going to like sap it to revive myself. And so he, he does that. But it doesn't exactly work because it doesn't kill them. They both live. Okay. Uh, but it like badly innervates them. So right. you can analogize this to like Satan perverting this life generating sexual bond between man and woman. I guess. But it damages them. Okay. You know. Whatever. The man then attempts to fight back. Uh, Satan like temporarily disables him, like throws him off a cliff or whatever. He's okay. And then the woman actually defeats the Satan figure, but at the cost of her own life, she dies. Oh. She's spent all her life force. So at this point, the man is free to walk. Oh, yeah. All the evil is defeated, right? 
mm-hmm. all the evil is gone from the universe and he's fine. Like yeah. he, could, he could just carry on and he's an eligible bachelor do man. his own thing. But instead he comes to give his life for the woman. She's already dead. Bad mood. Doesn't but make sense. He, he like transfers his life force into her and the way he does it oh, is, he reanimates her. is by taking her like, you know, dead body at this point in his arms and like laying his hand over her like womb. Okay. And this revives her and she lays her hand over his hand and then it's like, look, a new life, you know, quote unquote. She's not pregnant explicitly, but this is like, this is she the- give su- birth to herself. Yeah, the subtext of what's going Some on. It's like shit. this forced dyad generative bond between them has revived her. It, it creates life. That's a smart move because she has healing power so she can now bring him back. Uh, but she doesn't. Actually, Ooh. he just dies and she just... She just lays him hanging. She just bails. Yeah, they kiss. That's sick. They kiss. That's sick. And it's this marital kind of kiss because uh, after that, uh, life is restored. He dies having fulfilled his purpose and become a true man, what he was really meant to be. And then the very last scene, you kind of see her walking around in front of a sunset and like the white... um, like trails like of her clothes she has like some diaphanous fabric that kind of hangs down it's kind of wedding gown like okay uh someone you see that like in the sunlight and someone asks her like what is your name and she takes his surname okay so there you go she's like i'm ray skywalker and yeah you can read it as like i'm ray skywalker like leia and luke my mom and dad but this guy is explicitly addressed. Wait, who was the guy? Kylo Ren. This guy is explicitly. Kylo Ren Skywalker? Well, that's a fake name he gave himself. Uh, but oh, he's explicitly God. addressed as the last Skywalker okay. in their scene with Satan. So, so he, it's not he, a name. It's like a position. Yeah, he is a true. Well, it's a name, but it's like a lineage, like okay. the Habsburgs, like the last Habsburg right. or whatever. So the the Satan guy Palpatine, he's like, you you are the last Skywalker, and now I'm gotten rid of you. But no, now she is the last Skywalker. Okay. Because with yeah. with this with this marital kiss, she has taken his surname. I guess. Uh, and now you know it's not genetic though. No, but but neither is my last name being Brunig. I know, but, but it's still my the last power name. runs through the genes, right? Well, there's long story attached to that. So there's a bunch of other bullshit going on in the background, like she's Palpatine's granddaughter and shit like that, and like okay. I don't know, they have to erase C three O C three PO's memories because he can't translate um sith languages and there's like a complete and total collapse of satanism into fascism in this movie like the sith shit instead of being depicted as like uh an eviler but you know maybe a legitimate or valid alternative to the jedi method of force use is totally depicted as 100 percent diabolically evil okay and like clearly satanic with like chanting and hoods and a black mass and sacrifice and so on uh-huh um and it is collapsed completely into fascism. Okay. So like this movie takes the takes the tack that like yeah, fascism is a hundred percent just the political manifestation of the occult, uh, which is bold. Um, but yeah, I I thought that the sort of medieval uh, kind of gender trad uh, thing was it was pretty prominent. And I, again, I don't know if I believe this take or if I think it's funny. I'm not sure. It's a it's an argument you can make about the structure of the film. Okay. Um, but on the other hand, it's also just like a really dumb 
fast paced movie that's like kind of happy, stupid and fun to see with your friends. Are there any like uh, interesting uh, little like characters that could become toys? I'm very glad you asked. Yes, there's a very cute character named Babu Frick. All right. Um, who who's like a little tiny baby man who who's like a black market android dealer fixer guy and he, he sells phones he says silly things you know he's like i'm babu you know okay yeah yeah and uh, like olaf yeah like olaf yeah he's like mm-hmm. this kind of comic relief sure. figure although there's a lot of comedy in this one it's like um, any puffins yes there are two porgs mm-hmm. um there are two puffins uh because at one point in the movie she like um she like stabs the guy, heals him, and then steals his car. Um, he, she steals his ship and then oh. and then lights it on fire. Mm. Um, there's a bunch of other weird stuff that's going on the whole what time. What kind of fuel do these vehicles run on? It's very hard, you know. And this guy always has a ship somehow. He he never he never misplaces his Probably keys. solar. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to assume. I don't know. Otherwise, they'd have to be gassing up all the time. And there, there's just a bunch of really odd kind of odds and ends uh laying around in this film where you're like well that's a major plot hole i mean it doesn't doesn't hold together or cohere at all um mm-hmm. but it's like still like bright and colorful and like plenty the, of movie magic a lot of movie magic the stakes are incredibly low uh, because like none of the dead people really stay dead or when i went to the know, so. Aaron space museum they were running yeah. the star wars on uh-huh. the IMAX. people were lined up very pathetic. I was not the line was was dis, was well, it was disturbing. It was disturbing. Well, I, I would mean, say, and like I'm fun. like, guys, there are children here. We're here to see the various spaceships and so on. And you guys, you know, keep it together, folks. I do keep think it, it together. I do think it's funny that the the filmmakers who are like trying to put girl boss characters in movies are kind of in a bind because if they make them like kind of a- aggressive and fighty then people are like that's not realistic cuz like women in real life are not like that and also it makes women look bad like the actual girl boss show about the chick who who made the fashion yeah she opened a uh an eBay store. Yeah, she was an asshole. Oh, she was very bad. She was horrible. She was the most insufferable TV. For an eBay store, yeah, too. For, <laughs> so yeah, what funny. a boss. <laughs> it's like, I'm a girl boss. It's like, no, you're supposed to like start a company and stuff. You're not supposed to just like buy shit from the local thrift store and, and flip it flip it on ebay that's yeah. like, that that's like some poor people shit she's <laughs> like i just have good taste and i go to thrift stores and uh, around los angeles or whatever and i find these cool pieces and then i sell them for more money on ebay like i guess man like what is the value add here exactly yeah. like your taste you're a curator i suppose yeah. like it's you know it was really really bad but you then, don't really have employees at the same and, and then at the same time if filmmakers are trying to make girl boss characters make them sort of traditionally feminine in a certain respect in that they're like pure innocent honest faithful kind um you know gentle guileless they're all about like healing and defense and protection um that's also kind of gender trad in a certain respect right like I and suppose you're like well, that's a, why you just kind of got to get kind of mush be mushy about it. Well, you just have to like try to write real people, right? Because most women in real life are actually a mix of good and bad and um and in this film the mix of good and bad is like 
I'm tempted to the dark side in order to do good things. Like that's their sad excuse for adding some like oh, yeah. moral compromise. That's everyone in this city I live in. Yes, yeah, that's everyone. In fact, know. on earth, no one says I want to do evil simply for the sake of doing evil. Um so like eh, I don't know, it, 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 they're kind of in a bind in that respect and I find that to be a very funny bind to be in. What they need um, is they need 10 women in the movie. They need it's all women. And then you have a you know, one at the a, a 10th percentile woman, a 20th percentile <laughs> woman and a third, you know, yeah. in terms of uh, uh, feminine characteristics. Yeah. And then you've got your bases covered. Yeah. I mean, that's one way to do it. I did notice there were lots of women in this movie in like bit parts that in older iterations from this franchise, you would have had a man in like there's a, you know, 10 second shot of like the evil bad guys preparing to fire a missile. And like the person reporting to the general is a woman officer. Okay. instead of a man officer well good I'm glad. Um, so like they did a lot of rep- that representation um, but i'm not i have no idea how people are going to read the politics of this i have no idea we well, gotta um, read the blogs i'm gonna see how it unfolds so you heard it here first a free troll take you have is it, it's trad um why would this upset people oh well you know because people you know not only is politics fandom fandom is politics they're completely collapsed into one at this point so like when J.K. Rowling came out as a transphobe or whatever, that destroyed people's entire lives and universes because Harry Potter is politics. Right? Well, I have all so sorts of now likes. their politics are bad. I have all sorts of sports takes that are not political. You know, like why can't you just do that? My politics are totally divorced from my entertainment interests and my entertainment preferences, right? Because my politics are not completely collapsed into my aesthetics. Um, but but for for quite a lot of people, um, you know, the the method of doing fandom is the exact same method they use for politics. Sure, and yeah, the yeah, method yeah. causes a huge amount of bleed. Um, so like Last Jedi was politically important for a lot of people. And so this will also be politically important. And I, I assume that the people who like The Last Jedi the liberals will not like this. Um, because the movie obviously doesn't like The Last Jedi itself, but I think this movie doesn't like The Last Jedi for um, auteur reasons, like disputes between the directors in, in terms of vision. I don't think this movie disagrees with The Last Jedi politically. Mm. Like I say, I think that all tradness is incidental and just kind of like accidentally backed into um, by trying to give a female, uh, a heroine, a good storyline that makes her look only good, um, you end up doing this thing where you're like, yeah, she is the virtuous lady uh, and she has this knight errant who's interested in her and has to become, you know, a true and virtuous knight uh, in order to lay down his life for his lady and and earn this this virtuous woman. Right. Like so you, you accidentally back into a fairly traditional plot. Uh, so what's next? What's the next movie? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do another one. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure they will. It's going to be infinite, isn't it? Uh, so, so here's my proposal. Um, let me do the next one. Um, I've let got, me do one. No, uh, I'll need to. I'll need to watch the other ones first. Probably get a get a taste of it. But to get a little taste before you. Yeah. <laughs> so you would be like, so episode ten. Not all the not all the prior ones. Just uh, a few of them. What would the crawl say on your on your opening? It's like. The universe is divided. The rich versus the poor. 
Uh, the galaxy relies on the whims of a handful of billionaires to direct policy for the supermajority of the working class. Mine's going to be about the welfare state. Yeah. Uh, so and it's just a it's just a movie about people bureaucratically constructing a welfare state. Uh, no, the welfare state will have already been constructed. Okay. Um, but you can watch them run it. Oh, awesome! I think people would really like seeing someone in a welfare office. Yeah. Uh, and you got you know because yeah. they have weird like little goblins and stuff. Oh, so like it's an alien who's like. When I click this button, yeah, everyone they, gets their child allowance right in their bank account. Yeah, and they like stamp the papers and stuff. I think, yeah, people would love that. A small number of people, maybe with one characteristic in common. Um, you don't see a lot of that. I have, it would a, be I novel. have a ton of science fiction ideas. I write a ton of fiction, uh, which I keep to myself, but it is out. It is there. Science is fiction. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Yes, uh, me. I could definitely write some Star Wars. Uh, you know, Disney, hit me up. Uh, get at me. You can find my Gmail and my Twitter bio. Uh, but anyway, I mean, I went and saw this with five friends. Uh, you know, it was fun. We had fun. Afterward, everyone did was like... you get some popped corn? I did get a huge bucket of popped corn. I got the commemorative Star Wars bucket of popped corn. I went and I got a popcorn last time I went and uh, they just had the two sizes and I got the big one and it was... It was the size of uh, the trash sack you used to pick up leaves. <laughs> yeah, this was basically that. Um, Good lord, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do with this thing. But but I I don't I mean so I'm it's hard for me to distinguish the fun I had just hanging out with my friends and seeing a, a dumb movie. Um, from like the goodness of the movie, but I'm pretty sure it's like kind of frenetic, really fast paced, incoherent. Like you know, artistically it probably doesn't stand up, but that's okay. It's still in- enjoyable and like a good time. Uh, that's my take, Ola, right there. It's not, would you say top 50 movies ever made? No, probably not. I mean, top again. Top 10? Well, no, no, because like you would have to do two different lists where you're like top 50 movies that are fun to watch. No, no, no. There's only one. No, and then There's like only... top 50 artistic achievements in no, cinema. No, 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 no. I, I, we just a one no. variable no, thing. No, because they're two allowed different. Multiple lists. They're two different ways of measuring whether no, no. something is good. No, no, no. You bring those, you bring both characteristics in and you you give a weight to each one of them. And then then you can you can make a single list that way. I won't. I'm gonna have two different lists. Like Devil Wears Prada and Equilibrium are fun to watch. I don't think they're like huge artistic achievements in cinema. Who cares? You gotta put them on the same list as the other ones. And you gotta you gotta put those characteristics against one another, right? Fun to watch is is worth 50 points and you know whatever the other stuff is you know that's worth you know maybe 80 points and you, you know you just go down the line and then you add up the points and you know rank it that way well i don't know where this would fall uh you know on i'm gonna go and say top 80 of, of all, all time of all time i don't know of there have been time. a lot of movies well you have to remember every movie that's more than like 20 years old is unwatchable Oh, okay. Um, like, what is this? I don't, you know, it's like watching, it's like, I mean, if I, if I, I just go, I'll just go read uh, hieroglyphs or something. I mean, it's like, what is this? It's indecipherable to me. You I know? mean, I, I, one of the things that I noticed about The Rise of Skywalker is that there's tons and tons and tons and tons of really expensive, cool CGI. Um, because again, a big, big raison d'etre for this whole thing is, is selling toys and video games to kids and you can't begrudge them that. Yeah. But, um, 
like some of the some of the CGI was like noticeably shitty, and like that's that's actually fun because you know these were sci-fi B movies. That's their origin. So like melodrama and crappy CGI and like puppets, that's all like kind of part of the Star Wars magic. Yeah, you don't want to get too cute with it. Yeah, let's, um, let's take some of that polish off, gentlemen. Uh, so it's like kind of tactile, and you know, I don't know. You know, let's do, make it more garage-ish. And, and ultimately, Grungy. ultimately, the issue is, you know, the plot is just kind of weird and convoluted. There's like a ton of jiggery pokery going on with the lightsabers. Like, there are three lightsabers in play, possibly four, and they each belong to an individual. Uh, but like you're not sure which one is which and they're trading them and throwing them around and grabbing them from each other and you're supposed to be able to keep track well, of this. So wait a minute. So do you, do you, can you buy a lightsaber? No, you have to make them. Oh, okay. Well, are there like YouTube videos? No, like you... no. If you have this gift, you know, if you're a force user, you can deal with the force. You have, you get a kyber crystal and you like meditate on it and imbue it with your I energy see. and then it you know so they're very unique to you. Well why doesn't someone who has that power just make a bunch of them and sell them? Well I think you have to have the force power to even use them. Oh, at the time. Yeah, but it's like but, a battery. Yeah, but at the same time uh in this movie there's a shitload of people who shouldn't have any ability to use the force whatsoever who do and this movie kind of suggests that maybe everyone can. There you go. Um, New market. I don't know. I don't know. New market. Um. Yeah. A lot of that. A lot of that kind of weird shit going on. Yeah. I. I. I you know. I think it was. It was fine. You know. Fun to watch. Uh. Fun to watch. You know. Can leave it there. Uh. You know. So you guys sound off in the comments. Let me know what you think. What? How did? How was uh Baby Yoda in this? He. He's not in this. Oh. He's not in this. Uh, and, and I thought he, that's what everyone was tweeting about. No, so Baby Yoda's in another Star Wars property called The Mandalorian. Hmm, um, when does that occur? Uh, th- that takes place five years after, I think, Return of the Jedi. So that takes place long before this. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. a few decades or so before this. Well, so how do you even understand this if you haven't watched that? I, how do you understand it if you have? I mean, I have, you know, I've seen all of the Star Wars stuff and I still found this kind of hard to follow. So, Well, maybe if you'd watch The Mandalorians, you would get it. I, I have. Oh, I didn't know you'd seen and it. And I, I found it hard to, you know, whatever. But there there are little alien babies in this. Little, They look like little pigs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really cute. And they're like giggling. They're like an alien preschool. So they obviously, you know, they have stumbled upon the fact that alien babies are a great toy. Yeah, uh, that's a market. great idea for toys. Yeah, tug on the heartstrings a little bit. Uh, everybody a likes a baby. Plushy. Uh, yeah, you know, cute little things like the Porgs. They're kind of baby-like. I feel like this didn't release in a good time for Christmas, right? Don't you want to get this this bad boy out a month ahead so people can buy all their toys and shit? Yeah, I don't know. They all come out around Christmas. I don't know what the thinking is there. Seems um, like a big mistake. Yeah, I don't you know. know? I don't know. You need leaving to, money on the table, folks. You should uh, you should at Disney on Twitter and be like, "Hey, just a, just a tip." Christmas comes December twenty fifth every year. A lot of people buy toys on Christmas and the month preceding it. Maybe get your stuff out ahead of that one, folks. Why not put it out in like September? Yeah, or just middle November or something. Get that craze going, you know, and then make sure the the stuff's on the shelves. I thought in terms of acting, 
Adam Driver, who we spoke about on our last podcast, he's the the man, the 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 villain, the uh, archetypal uh, re- redeemed rake. Uh, the man uh, never stops working. That dude works a lot. He Good he seemed Lord. pretty. Does he have a he, family? Yeah, he does. He seemed what pretty. Is he? he never sees him. He seemed pretty checked out in this. Um, Oscar Isaac, who is uh, Poe Dameron, he seemed to be having fun. He, he's you know very spunky. Daisy Ridley, very very pretty, very sweet. Um, I thought did a great job, you know, admirably. Um, in John Boyega, you know, good work. C three PO, funny as hell. Good uh, job, guys. Good job. Good job. All teams played hard. Um, uh, there were large segments of the plot from the preceding two movies that they just flushed down the toilet for no reason. So, if you were hoping to get backstory on Snoke, you're gonna get nothing. Uh, uh, yeah. It's completely thrown away. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were hoping to get anything done with the Knights of Ren, who are set up to be an interesting set of figures, they don't even get lines. That's where Kylo gets his name. That is, actually. And, and it's like a cult he runs, uh, theoretically. Uh, but you don't find out anything about it or about anyone in it. And uh, and it's just completely thrown in the trash. So they had like a ton of, of plot openings and interesting areas for development. They just flushed. Uh, I guess they ran out of time and decided to do other stuff. Uh, a lot of that. So, you know, it's just kind of like a group project that, you know, you, you got too many cooks and, and they you need know. to bring old George back. Yeah, there you, there you go. If you're, you know, I mean, I don't know about that. The fans. George could do number 10. Not always kind to him. Uh, but, but uh, you know, if you see it, let me know what you think. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>